I'm Dean Blandino, and you're listening to Scoop FM. Welcome to Scoop FM, the official podcast of the Dynasty League, the only league that counts. I'm your host, Dan Belinke. Let's get right into it today. But first, I just want to say a word on what's happening in Pittsburgh. I normally like to talk about, you know, the actual league at the top. I haven't been doing it much lately because I just don't have much to say, but I just need to set the record straight on what's going on in Pittsburgh because no one understands it like I do. Number one, Everybody's saying, well, the Steelers clearly should have moved on from Ben Roethlisberger in 2020, 2020, you know, at the end of 2020. I don't think they realized that his contract was structured in such a way that his, he was, it was hundred percent guaranteed whether he was on the roster or not, we had to pay him the same amount. Even if he retired, it was a, it was a cap hit, right? If you cut him, it's a cap hit. There was no way to get around that unless you did what they did, which is restructure it and push some of the guarantees further down the row, which they could just cap manage away. So it's not a big deal. So they at least brought the current number down. So why just cut him and be paying him all that money to sit at home? He might as well be on the roster with the team. Correct? Right. So what were the other moves? Well, you could give up a pick for Sam Darnold. Now, I mean, I, I think we're a little early saying, oh, it's a full Tannehill effect in Carolina. I still think he's going to be a big product of what surrounds him. Their O-line's not the best, but I don't know how he would be performing with this current O-line we've got either. Uh, I don't know how well he really deals with pass rush. You know, I, I just don't think he's been challenged in that way yet this season. And the Panthers O-line has been okay. We'll see how that holds up. We'll continue to monitor that. Now, the only other dream, and I've, I've shared this dream with all of you many times. I always said, oh, after Ben retires, if we could find a way to get Stafford or Rodgers, two of my favorite quarterbacks in the league, I'd be over the moon. Well, obviously, with Stafford, I mean... Could we given could we have given them a deal compelling enough? Number one. And number two, I don't even think we could afford his contract with the Ben contract that's on the books. So everybody's saying, oh, they made a mistake not moving on. There was nowhere to move to. The mistake was in 2018 or 17 when they gave him a huge new deal. And we saw the numbers and that their guarantees went out years and years. And I remember saying then, I think I even said it on this podcast, it's a bad deal, but it's a Gimme right deal. Hey, Ben, you got battered for years with a bad offensive line. People forget that to start his career. Very bad, poor offensive line, even in even in that uh, that Cardinal Super Bowl. Not a great O line. And it was really only that middle stretch, the A.B. Lev Bell era where we had a solid offensive line. So it's like, hey, you put your body on the line, two Super Bowls, here's your get right payment, your last big payday, right? That was the mistake. But I get it because organizationally, you there's there's more to that. It's to show other people, hey, we take care of our guys. It's that kind of stuff that makes people want to play for Pittsburgh and be drafted by Pittsburgh and come to Pittsburgh on prove-it deals like Melvin Ingram this year or like Joe Hayden did, right? Because they see, oh, they take care of their guys that do well. And it's also those kind of sneaky little moves that make, you know, honestly, as much as I've liked the guy, fucking prissy, whiny quarterbacks think, oh, there's a place that takes care of you. So see, all of this is intentional. It's intentional. 
first of all, get that get that wrapped in your head. So so there was no move potential this year because of that contract. Now, what do we do for the rest of this year? I think it's pretty fucking obvious. And I don't I don't understand why there's any pushback to this. This is Ben's last year. Do we want to just see him parade out and have this sham of an offense every single week? And at this point, I mean, and I mean, I don't know how many wins we're gonna have. We might have for the first time in my lifetime, the Steelers might have a top five pick. They could. They could. It's that bad. I don't I don't think it'll end up that bad. I think they'll be more in like the eleven to twelve range, but still, it's that bad. So we got some big decisions to make. We we know at this point we're probably not going to the playoffs. Now we might have just been given given two little gifts, which could cloud people's minds. Number one, a rolling Broncos team that didn't play anybody good but was being serviceably uh managed by Teddy Bridgewater might be playing Drew Locke, who got benched for a reason and will probably be feasted alive upon by the Steelers defense. And then next week, we might get Geno Smith, right? Two games that I thought, oh, we're fucked. We might enter the bye because our bye is the week after, one and five. And then what are we going to do? But now it looks like, okay, maybe we have some gimmies. So maybe now we get to, what, three and three, that would be? Uh, right, 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 right right? Yeah, right. Three and three. So you had to the bye three and three, right? The Bengals lose to the Packers. You know, you're, you're in a better spot like down the road and you say, okay, you know, we're, we're actually still semi in it for a wild card spot. Potentially we're not mathematically eliminated. If we had entered one and five, it's like, it's pure chaos. If we had entered one and five, I would say immediately after the bye, Ben is benched. He's benched and it's, it's Rudolph and it's, Haskins time. Not because they're going to turn the season around. I highly doubt they will turn the season around. But you cannot get into a place where Ben starts the remainder of the year and then heading into the off season, you have an option to draft or get a quarterback or do something and you say, "Well, we want to give Mason Rudolph and Dwayne or and or Dwayne Haskins a fair shot at winning this job." No, you cannot extend this another year. You are in a prime position with your defense. And and some spots of the defense are getting Cam Hayward and Joe Hayden, two stalwarts on the defense, are getting older. You cannot keep extending this to 2023 and beyond. You need to know this year if either of those guys is the answer. And say somehow Rudolph or Haskins is the answer. Well, that's fucking incredible. Because if you end up with a bad pick, you can bolster the O-line and you don't have to worry about everything else, right? You have all the playmakers, you have the defense, we're good to go. I don't know that they are, but they could be. And you have to know. You have to go into next season knowing. Now, if they enter the bye three and three, they won't bench Ben. But once we're mathematically eliminated, or even before that, right? If we're four and, and if we're four and seven, it's like just we're not going anywhere. We can't make a playoff spot at this point. You have well, what is it with the new fucking you have six more games to figure it out. Let those guys start so we can know for sure. And in terms of 2022, what would I like to see happen? Obviously make a play for Aaron Rodgers. We're going to have the cap space to afford him. I'm concerned about what the asking price will be. I'm concerned that the Packers will try to drum up a bidding war and then we're going to lose like multiple first. That concerns me because we need that first. We need to fix the O-line. And if Rodgers has a say in it, you know, and he says, oh, okay, who do you want to go to? Denver, who has a better O-line, lesser playmakers, but it's close. Um, and and as good, maybe a slightly better defense. 
you know, it's like in a, in a slightly better offensive line, then they say, well, yeah, they can, you know, they don't need help. They, 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 they're fine. They can go, they, you know, we can lose two first round picks and still compete. I'm excited to go do it. Now, maybe he doesn't want to be in Pat Mahomes division, which think about it, Aaron. I don't think you want to be. I don't think you want to be. So I think that we are where, you know, that's a possibility. In other guys that might be available, no to Jimmy G. I just don't want him. Like, let's not retread. Jalen Hurts now. Because currently on track, <laughs> just on track, the Eagles could have three top 10 picks. Just on track. And that's not probably going to happen. But they're going to have three in the top 20 most likely. And if Jalen Hurts plays as he does, it's like, okay, you've been great. You're not the long-term starter. What would it cost to get him then? A second back? I don't know. So it's like, well, I would take Jalen Hurts, right? If it didn't cost us enough and we could get him a better O-line, I would take Jalen Hurts. I, I absolutely would. I'd be excited about it. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't put us as the favorites to win the division after that, but I feel a lot better than I feel today. And um, and then I mean, those are so those are my two targets. And then the other thing is draft somebody. I mean, for me, my money, Malik Willis. I've been saying this. I've been saying this, and just wait now. Oh, all the draft nerds are coming out. He's the number. He's the best quarterback because we've seen Sam Howell and Spencer Rattler fall. Well, guess who in Vegas in. April, or when did we go to Vegas? In, in July, I don't remember, but we were in Vegas. Matt Horvatich, listen up, I'm talking directly to you. I went up to the book with their with their Heisman odds and said, where is Malik Willis? The guy said, I don't know, it's not there. It's not there. I had you take a picture of me. I wrote Malik Willis on there to say, save this, save this. So I would like to have him, but I think Matt Corral would also be good. Carson Strong is interesting, I guess. But like my thing is, you know, whatever, I would still say, hey, if you could get Jalen Hurts for a second, and then you're in a position where Malik Willis or or Matt Corral is there, take him. Do the RG3 Kirk Cousins thing. Do, and, and keep the best of Rudolph and Haskins. And just be like, one of you guys has to fucking figure it out and pick up this mantle. One of you. We've got three shots at the dartboard now. We have to hit a bullseye. That's what I would like to see. And if they do get a long-term guy, like they get Aaron Rodgers magically, I would say, hey, in the third, fourth round, if Kenny Pickett, six-year senior, whatever he is out of pit is available, take him. Just take take some guy like that. Take a guy that's going to go in the fourth or sixth. Again, a little later than Rudolph, but you know the the downside, the downturn of this franchise was when the Cowboys needed a backup quarterback and they had their eyes set on some bumfuck loser. I can't remember, and he got taken right ahead of them, so they decided to take Dak. And that year, the Steelers were going to take Dak in that round, just like ten picks later. Now that's some of that's hearsay. God, could you imagine if he had come in for that year that Ben got hurt? Oh, we'd be soaring straight to the moon. But regardless, just keep doing that kind of stuff, I think, going forward. Okay, anyways, want to get into the league, some interesting stuff. Um, You know, and so let's just get into the matchups because I've got some asides for a couple of these teams. I have, last week, I thoroughly thrashed uh, Dave. I beat him 147.5 to 112. And again, it's proven out. Camaro without Breeze, not the same. Jacobs is hurt. You know, Cook is out. Not a great week for Dave because the running backs are his strength. And with how, uh, with how one young, uh, or not so young, Ben Roethlisberger is playing, his quarterback two spots extremely weak. I'm close to putting Dave out of that. Uh, You know, I kind of at first had him and Matt and Nick in that tier. He's definitely out of that. 
Is he in the next tier? I don't know. That'll, that'll be for us to decide. Uh, Bob, no surprise. Nick wins 130 to 98. You know, obviously a lost season for Bob. That also gives the bullshit division their first win in intra-conference play. So that's very exciting. Congrats to Nick. Uh, uh, in a nail-biter, Drew ends up beating Nicky. 147 to 143, and it all came down to the Monday night game. Austin Eckler had a huge game. Basically, if I ever make any comment to you about how I like your trade or what, just throw it away because I I said, oh, I don't like Eckler. I don't see it. I like Montgomery. And of course, Montgomery has a good week too, but now he's out for five to six weeks. I'm like, Eckler, he's fragile. Well, Eckler's out first fucking minute of the game he's in the tent well guess what he comes back and has like two three touches it just goes nuts I mean you know so just ignore everything I say I guess I'm always wrong but regardless I mean this was a very tight matchup it could have been less tight I mean you know he drew had had a total between his defense and his and his coach of zero points I mean his coach the Titans losing to the Jets. I, I told, I knew that was a stay away game. And, and Naeem Hines going for negative 0.9. So just negative three from those guys, not even playing them would have helped them out. Uh, but, you know, again, did Nikki have a way to win this? Well, big fat zero from Logan Thomas, who got hurt. So you can't really control that. But he only needed about four points. Sure, he had a couple ways. I mean, also, CeeDee Lamb did nothing. And, I mean, you basically could have played anybody over him and gotten points. But, you know, it, it's just one of those things we go back to. If the, if the Cowboys keep playing like this, the score is going to be down, down, down. Now, I think this is a big week for Dak and CD, uh, just in your DFS boxes. I, I think that's a big week. Um, anyways, going to Nate versus Matt, a very interesting matchup because of the, the, the implications that it has within the division. And, I mean, just... just Look at this. Matt falling completely on his face. Basically, outside of the quarterbacks, no production. 93.84. That's a problem with Matt's team. A little thin on the flexes. If it doesn't all come together, you know, McCaffrey's out. Carson's banged up. Nick Chubb. It's not a Nick Chubb game. Eh, it's not, not, not too much to write home about in that scenario. Now, Nate's the team I really wanted to talk about I wanted to get into. Because going into the season... You might look at Nate's team and say, yeah, I could see him competing, but I don't, I don't put him at the top of the class because who's he got? Oh, Matt Stafford, he's old. Saquon, he's hurt. Uh, you know, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, they're old. Debo Samuel, he's injury prone. DJ Moore, I called him overrated. Well, it turns out I'm wrong on all those fronts, which just makes me think about this obsession with youth and dynasty. Is it always worth it? I mean, Saquon back to form, you know? He has Zach Moss, he has Jerry Judy, like he's got young guys there to sort of come up and develop, but I mean, Debo Samuel, like, you know, and this is another thing about just me and always being wrong, you know, famously, I had Tyler Lockett, I was right there, able to take DK Metcalf, and I let Devin jump up to get him, you know, big mistake, because I was like, well, I already have a piece of the passing game, and I went down to Terry McLaurin, which is fine, I trade him away later anyways, but whatever, and then, um, you know, also, just this past year, I'm like, well, T. Higgins, you know, Jamar Chase will get his, but T. Higgins will be there. Like, nope, should have just taken T. Higgins, traded him away, taken Jamar Chase, right? Uh, I got Ayuk in a deal I wasn't expecting, even though I was a big Debo believer. If he could just stay healthy, I, I loved him. I, I actually snagged him off of Nate post-draft uh, back in 2019, whenever that draft was, and then gave him back to him. 
in a big deal because I was like, well, I have Ayuk now and Ayuk's a guy. Well, not so much. And I don't think anybody in the league would have expected Debo to be the number three receiver, you know, over the past four weeks and and be way better than Ayuk, but he is. And, you know, I mean, and, and just LaVisca and DJ Moore and all these guys that he acquired through trades. Oh, I guess he gave LaVisca back up to Bob. But like, regardless, all these guys he's acquired through trades, really, really strong, reliable flexes. And it turns out, uh, maybe some of us are a little too centered on the youth. Like I think of that super deal I gave him. I gave him Debo. I gave him uh, two thirds. I gave him, uh, you know, Stafford, Cam. I mean, uh, LaVisca. And um, I think I think that was it. But all for Tannehill, who I flipped to a first round pick that was the 10th pick, but I did something with that. I don't remember what happened. But like the 10th pick, I mean, that was Javonta Williams. That's good, but come on. I mean, like half of this team is from me, God damn it. So it just makes me think, wow, geez, well, if I could go back, it's just been more valuable. Keep Stafford, keep Debo, keep Visca, like and have options this year. Of course it would have. But we get so tantalized by that youth and you just it's like you know it's one of those it's that it's that quote from family guy it's like hmm you can have the boat or you can have the mystery box well you got to go with the mystery box because it could be anything i mean it could even be a boat right it's like come on you know sometimes you get that diamond in the rough in the draft where you're like oh i made the right move and i'm never ever looking back but a lot of times it's like give up a lot and it comes to re- wreak havoc. So yeah, I think Nate is is in a better spot than I thought he would be. And we'll talk more about that in the standings, but I just wanted to get to his game specifically there. Um, and then the game I highlighted as the match of the week, because it's like, oh, there's some interesting potential here. Billy versus Devin. Billy thrashing 163 to 118. I mean, that's the Tyreek and Mahomes that could be so dangerous. And then Cordero Patterson going on top of that. So, I mean, it's it. this is the kind of performance where you're like, wow, you don't know what to do with Billy's team because not super deep, but the high end is, is very high, very high. And this really shook up the standings in an interesting way, which I will get to uh, uh, post tense, but I'm just now realizing I forgot to talk about the the waiver wire because we had some huge names with a bunch of quarterback running backs going down. So let's get into it. The number one guy, Damian Williams, going to be out for five to six weeks, and he's won. He's secured by Matt. Matt's feeling that pressure that he doesn't have a lot of RB depth. He's going to need this guy bad. He won at $66, beating Devin's 56. Drew's $40. Drew, only $40? You just traded for Montgomery. Billy's 21. Nate's 12. Uh, Nick's 6. Um, and my $0 bigs. I have uh, no money left. Wow. It, crazy, crazy. Um, then... Alex Collins was won by Devin for $3. Now, here's the interesting thing. Matt had bid five on him, would have won him, but he kind of, you know, he layered it. So if I get Damian Williams, then I'll try for for Collins, whatever. Um, so, you know, doesn't go to him, goes to goes to Devin. I also put in a $0 bid. No one else bid anything. I thought that was interesting. Uh, Nick wins Khalil Herbert, beating out my $0 bid. I, I like that a lot. I mean, we don't know how things will shake out. So I, I like just, you know, putting a little sprinkle and seeing what you can get there. Um, I then won Samaj P. Ryan for $0 because uh, Matt did the same thing there, right? If he didn't get 
Damian Williams. His next guy up was to drop Royce Freeman for Samaje instead for $6 or Alex Collins for $5, but he got Damian Williams, so those two transactions cancel out. I get him for free. Um, And then let's see here. Anything else interesting? Oh, yeah. I got Dwayne Haskins just in case. Just in case they fucking listen to me and do as I say. Anyways, let's get into the standings here because we have some major shakeups. In first place, undefeated, a perfect 4-0, is Nick, home of the first bye, second in points. And he's only in second in points by 3.48. Three and a half points from having the most points in the league. Incredible. In second place, the leader of the Cuck division is still Matt. He's at 3-1. and one. Oh, and I should say, Nick has a 99% playoff chance. Matt has a 98% playoff chance. He's 3-1. and one. He's got the most points in the league. He's at 590.3. Nick is at 586.8. Wow. Incredible stuff. Um, so let's see here. Now, because of Nate's win, he's rocketed up the rankings. He's now third overall in the league. Uh, despite having the, what, six most points scored. Uh, so, so yeah, a lot of good wins from him. His playoff chances have increased. I think before, last week time we spoke, it was about 64. Now it's 80. It's 80. So, yeah, now the, the computer and myself are starting to believe. Dave is in fourth place, and he has, what, the um, ninth most points score in the league. Again, I don't want to say fraudulent, but I, I kind of want to. Uh, they put him at a 94% playoff chance. I don't understand how he has a greater playoff chance than Nate. Maybe they're saying, oh, we don't think the Debo and the explosion's real. I'm like, oh, I don't know at this point. I really don't know. I am in fifth place. Fucking bullshit. I play in Kenny Galladay, and when anybody else would have been enough for me, and losing to Nate because of that fucked me. Because guess what? I've got the third most points scored in the league. Let's read them off. 590.3 for Matt, 586.8 for Nick, 581.3 for me. So if I play the right guy, get three, four more points, not only would I be <laughs> third overall, in the playoffs, I would be pushing Matt. I'd be at three and one. I would have four less points than him, and I would be pushing him for the bye. Now I'm fighting for a playoff spot. One game. I know it's a long season, but one goddamn game. I still have a 90% playoff chance. I think it's crazy that that Dave has a better playoff chance than me and Nate. I'm curious to see when this thing updates again especially with, with Russell Wilson maybe being questionable for a couple weeks. I think it's a, it's going to be a rough stref, stretch for Dave, and he's lucky the fact that he's got the ninth most points score in the league and he's somehow uh, rank, he's somehow fourth overall in the playoffs. I mean, he's, he's truly lucky because he needed those wins to buffer what's about to come. I mean, he could have he been starting the season easily two and two, one and three, easily, and then lose Russell Wilson. So he... he I don't know. The kid's got luck. You got to give him that. Uh, Anyways, in sixth place, the last spot in the playoffs still belongs to Drew. Um, He has the uh, fourth most points scored in the league. And so, yeah, we've got continue to have four representatives from the cuck division, two from the bullshit division. 
In seventh place is now Billy. I told you that was a big, big win. If Billy had lost that, it would be looking like, yeah, he's he's fighting for a he's he's fighting for a pick next year. Now not so. Now he's at sorry, Drew's at two and two. He's at one and three. But when you look at the points scored, he's got the fifth most points scored in the league. He's only got eleven point one less than Drew. So just keep that in the back of your mind that he is now pushing for that spot. Um, in se- in eighth place is Nick, Nicky, sorry. He's got the seventh most points scored in the league. He's one and three. In ninth place is Devin. He's got the uh, eighth most points scored in the league. He's also one and three. And in last place is Bob, still winless, least amount of points in the league. Sorry, Bob. Damn. Crazy thing, actually, right now is Bob is the only person in the 300s at 391. Dave's the only person in the 400s at 490. Everyone else is at five. And many, many of us will hit six this week. So why did we we, we focused on all the... We, we laid out these bread crumb, crumb trails. Bread crumb trails, my bad. Uh, oh, I forgot to mention. Drew, 60% chance of the playoffs. Billy, 39. Eric, 21. Devin, 20. Bob zero. I think the Billy one is harsh. I think the Billy one is harsh. And yes, we have three that are plus 80. And I think Nate should be higher. Though we basically, you know, we have 80, 90, 94, 98% chance. This side's 99, 60, 39, 21, 20. Not looking good for that division. But I will tell you this. Don't sleep on Billy. And that's what I'm getting to. This is easily our match of the week. Billy and Drew head-to-head. If Billy wins this game, they now have the same amount of wins, and it comes down to points. And as I said, he is only 11 points off. So given that he won that game, he's going to have, that margin will have to decrease by something. Drew will still be in the playoffs at that time. There's no, I don't, unless he, get, he if he gets outscored by more than 11, he will be out of the playoffs. And so, and without David Montgomery, uh, who knows what happens. So this is a this is a ginormous game, um, and it's going to be a lot of fun because Billy has Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. So Sunday night will be huge for determining this one. So this is Billy's real shot. If he could do this, he is back in the playoff mix. If he can't pull it out, you know he's 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 maybe headed towards a pick. So that's your match of the week. But there's a lot of good ones. I mean, there was some hope that that Dave could tackle. Matt and put him on a two loss, two two game losing streak. That would have been fantastic for me. That would have been great for me, but I don't think it's going to happen because Dave is going to continue to be a fraud. And um, yeah, that's about it. Oh, our interconference game is Nate versus Eric, or sorry, Nikki. Got to change that hot chub time machine. Nate. I, I just can't stand to fucking look at it. Get it out of my sight, god damn it. Anyways, that'll be an interesting one. That's our interconference game. We'll see how that scores out. But anyways, we're looking forward to it. Looking forward to another great week in the league. I hope you enjoy the games this weekend, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.